You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. And welcome to the Health Hub. I am Kathy Biasse, your host. Our producer is Alex Diaz, and you are listening to us on Radio Maria Canada. Thank you for joining us. We do appreciate you taking a part of your day to be here with us. We have a wonderful guest in store for you. I think all of our guests are wonderful, truth be told. Uh, Kalen is a fellow Canadian, a fellow Ontarian, actually, and uh, the passion for his mission shines through. Uh, You'll see this in our interview. The interview was pre-recorded, so we can't uh, take any calls. We would love for you to follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We are at the Health Hub RMC on those sites. And please continue to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. We would love for you to follow us on our podcast. So subscribing to our podcast is what I'm actually trying to say. So please subscribe. We are the Health Hub on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all your favorite podcast platforms. And you can also find our podcasts, all of them, on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybiasse.com. You know, it's not until you hear a great idea that you know that it's a great idea. And I think you'll be very interested to hear the business that Kalen has positioned himself in and is co-founder of. Kalen McGibbon is a purpose-driven person with a passion for learning more about the human body and helping everyone and anyone achieve health for life. He views the world as an encyclopedia of knowledge, and he positions himself on a path to effectively and efficiently uh, learn as much as possible each and every day. Kalen has been a strength coach for nearly 20 years. He has worked at the Olympic level, uh, the NHL level with active youth, and also served as Team Canada's Special Olympics powerlifting coach. Kalen is the co-founder of Rep Performance, and this is an all-in-one physical education platform aiming to personalize and individualize the phys ed programs in our schools. And again, when you hear the idea that he has and the logic and that just shines forth in this idea, you'll understand why it's exciting listening to him and why you're going to be saying that makes so much sense for our kids. So we will be talking to him about his business. We'll be learning about things like why the current phys ed model needs to be revamped, why it's important to cultivate lifelong health skills at school, and how teachers can use Rep Performance Platform to create individualized phys ed programs for their students. It's ingenious, really. It really is an exciting concept to hear about. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. 
Welcome back, everybody. As mentioned, today's show is taped, so no opportunity for calling in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at the Health Hub RMC on those locations. Kaylin, welcome to our show this morning. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. A fellow Canadian. Uh, You were a Torontonian, correct? Yeah, that is true. And then moved up to a little colder climate. I know some people in the States find that we're all uh, in igloos, but uh, you went from Toronto up to Sudbury, correct? Yes, we did move from Toronto. Sudbury. First, we stopped in French River for a few years. Uh, lived there because uh, affordable housing. So kind of moved into, Sud- into French River, commuted into town for a few years, and then eventually bought a house inside Sudbury. And Sudbury, for those of you who don't know, is a touch bit north of Toronto and a touch bit colder in the wintertime. So um, tell us about that experience. How was it moving? How old were you when you left Toronto and moved up to Sudbury? Oh, gosh. Uh, I always have to go by our children. So <laughs> Haley is turning 17. So I guess it's almost 20, 20 years ago. 20, 20 years. So ago. you were well into your teens when you moved up there. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah. go that way, right? Well into your teens. And you have four well kids. Into my teens. Well into your teens and on the way to daddyhood. Four kids, just yeah. like me. So that's awesome. Yeah, now, four you, kids. Many roads you have taken to get where you are today. We're going to talk about your company. Um, it's just an awesome, awesome template for uh, for health for kids. But before we get there, let's uh, set the stage as to you know all the roads you've taken. Um, you've had many successes in and around the Olympic venues. Uh, tell us about yourself and how you are, where you are today. Um. Well, I. I guess I got into the health industry um, by kind of fluke, not necessarily. Well, backing up from that, um, my mom was a big influence growing up. Uh, That was our uh, thing that we kind of did as a family unit. And kind of that was, I think, where a lot of like the foundational pieces of like wanting to be really vested in like feeling good um, came from. So that was kind of the beginning piece for me. And then, uh, the the rest kind of was a little bit kind of uh, by by destiny or fluke. I don't know, but I, I was working in uh, construction um, in Toronto and I was part of like an industrial construction accident. Unfortunately, young man passed away and I tried to save his life. I couldn't. So uh, I asked for my boss to kind of just lay me off. I said, I don't think I'm kind of cut for this industry. Mm-hmm. And um so I left and I was, my intent was I was going to start a company um, that would travel to construction sites with vans and we would teach first aid and CPR to construction workers and job site trailers at lunch hour because I was really upset that uh, I couldn't do anything to save this guy's life, right? It really kind of hit me hard. But in becoming first aid and CPR uh, certified, those courses always ran at night because people would do them after work. So through the day, I would go and exercise. Um, and as I was kind of exercising, I stumbled into this gentleman named Ian Walling and he was Mr. All natural of the universe. And he said, geez, you got a great personality. You should be a trainer. And I said, uh, quite quickly, well, what is that? And he said, um, well, you know, I help people kind of get in shape. And I said, what do you need to have to do that? You know, like what kind of education? And he said, uh, you need to be first aid and CPR instructor. (laughs) So uh then you know that's kind of how i stumbled into the career and i just 
you know, fell in love with it. So very quickly kind of accelerated uh, very fast once I found it to, you know, all the way working at the uh, Olympic level. Like it just kind of was one thing after the next, Mm -hmm. it just exploded. And you've worked with professional athletes, amateur athletes. Uh, Where do you find your heart really lies? Is it a combination of the both or, you know, you've worked in Special Olympics too, right? Yeah, I am uh, been fortunate enough to be part of the the Canadian um, Special Olympics powerlifting team that went to Abu Dhabi in 2019. Um, Been fortunate enough to be part of that coaching staff, uh, as well as have been a strength conditioning coach regionally for the women's national hockey team. I've actually got a couple of gold medals uh, through athletes um, with Canada. So, and, and I trained some NHL athletes and, and people f- all in between, like mm-hmm. all in between. And I think that what the juice for me is that I got involved in this space that if someone came in a good mood, they left in a better mood. And if someone came in a bad mood, they left in a good mood. And I just kind of got addicted to that, like that progress and that development and that, that juice of just seeing the way that this impact people's lives. And then from there, it naturally gravitated to like, well, if we really want to do something major for society, then shouldn't we be trying to bring this into like younger demographics? And how do we reach every, uh, how do we reach every youth? Um, and, and you got to go through education. So that's kind of how it all kind of kept going. So you didn't see, or did you see a deficit in some space or is this more an ideology that you're following? No, it's a a deficit that's quickly uh, being attacked from, or or I guess, yeah, attacked is the right word, from multiple levels. Like the curriculum is changing in phys ed uh, currently, like very quickly across Canada and actually a lot of countries, some faster than others. Um, I would say some are further ahead than others. Um, so it, there, there, is an, I, there is an understanding that what skills we're providing to our children through the phys ed experience are, weren't able to transition them into life with skills that they could manage their health with. Mm-hmm. You know, they were learning sport, which is great. I, I mean, a huge massive part of my success in my life has come from sports 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 amazing uh i think the statistics right now though are 99 do not play competitive sport past high school and 82 percent don't even participate in sports past high school so to be wrapping a curriculum up you know uh in sport context is really not equipping anybody uh to be successful when they leave high school well how long so Without, uh, you know, really pinning down how old you are, how long have you been in this space? <laughs> oh, boy, I'm totally okay with telling you I'm 46 <laughs> years old. Um, and I've been in the health and fitness space. I, I own a health food store, too, my wife and I. Um, so a training company, high-performance training company, partnered with the Richmond University. Like, I've been uh, in technology company. So I've been in the health and uh, fitness space for, I guess, 24 years. And in those 24 years and with the, the array of, of athletes and individuals that you've worked with, male, female, professional, non, people who are looking to get off the couch, have you seen a difference in not so much ideology of working out, but is there a real difference between young athletes now and young athletes 20 years ago? 
Okay, so it's kind of a two-pronged question, but the first, to answer the first piece, do I see a difference today in youth athletes as opposed to 20 years ago in youth athletes? Mm-hmm. Yes, a hundred, yes, a hundred percent. There's a way bigger demand on young athletes today, and expectations that are creating a massive amount of pressure for young athletes that aren't necessarily always matching where their like uh, social and emotional skill levels are. Mm-hmm. So I see that in young athletes. So that like a pressure piece has changed completely in society in the last 24 years in fitness. I've seen a very actual kind of a positive impact. I've seen people are, have changed from ideologies of, of I need to look a certain way to more. I need to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, I, I personally think that's a very positive uh, impact because people should be thinking about how they feel first and not how they look, you know, they, they should be really concerned with like, how do I feel? Do, you know, do my shoulders hurt? Am I, am I crunchy in the morning? Uh, do I lack energy? You know, do I lack vitality? These are big fundamental pieces of, uh, being a good mover for life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you're 80 years old, you can do things well. <laughs> yes. And, and you're right. And I've seen that too. You know, I've seen a lot of people approach me wanting to talk more about movement and flexibility versus the other parts of it. The, the interesting piece for me, I mean, I've always been involved in sports. Um, I've, I've tried to keep in shape and I love watching sports is I find that the you know, in schools, the phys ed is almost an afterthought. The program is almost an afterthought or was. Yet, athletes now seem to be more in shape than athletes 20, 25 years ago. You look at baseball players. This is the one I've, I gravitate to a lot because baseball players just seem so in shape to me now versus 20 years ago. And it's, it's funny to me because you don't see this coming out of the, the actual phys ed space within school. It, it, what's the reasoning for this? I think Is it it's more technology, stuff like that. No, I, I would say that what's happened in the sport world is the financial uh, potentials are so gigantic that that's created an unbelievable uh arena of genetic selection so if you really look at what's happening in sports today you know there's a there's a the sport is actually requiring a certain genetic makeup in order to be successful at it and that's that's been created out of just purely the the amount of money that can potentially be made in sport whether you can start from a scholarship standpoint, or you go to semi-professional or you go to professional. And it also comes down from the top. And, and when that starts to happen, you know, you start to get training on top of these incredible genetics. Uh, and training is obviously advanced in the way that we approach it uh, a lot. It's become a lot more efficient, a lot more understanding of, you know, the different attributes of becoming an athlete, whether it be, you know, strength, power, uh, speed, agility, flexibility, you name it. So that uh, genetic makeup, and now you're matching the science of training into this genetic selection, and you're getting the best uh, athletes on the planet that are 
being selected to be achieve that level. Mm-hmm. So what we see on TV is the best genetics in the world and the best training in the world. And it has to be the best genetics. There's such a difference between a 28, 30-year-old and a 22-year-old. They almost seem like they're from different worlds in their focus, in, um, you know, reading statistics, going to the iPad all the time. Do you find when you're training your athletes, you have to work differently with an older athlete, professional athlete versus a younger athlete? You do have to work differently with uh, an older athlete as opposed to a younger athlete from the standpoint of what is appropriate at their timeline in their athletic makeup. Um, mm-hmm. So what they should be focusing on doing, right? Like a, mm-hmm. a 34 year old uh, NHL player is their, their training program to continue to succeed at their sport is a different looking training program than someone who's 16 years old trying to, you know, make it, in, let's say, you know, junior A or OHL hockey. Mm-hmm. Got it. So there's a, there's a, the intensity is the same for both of them. They're both training very intensely, but the, the makeup of drills um, and the volume of drills is very different. Right. Yeah. So, and, and so this lines you up very nicely with the company that you've started because you've seen a child athlete versus sort of an adult athlete, if I can put it that way. And your company focuses on children. And the reason for this is what? The reason for this is because it is the, uh, there's a lot of reasons. The reason for this is it's the way forward for uh, a healthy, happy society, like a bigger, more altruistic perspective, right? Um, It's the biggest impact we can have on our healthcare system out of any measure we could possibly take to equip uh, Canadians with all the skills to be able to understand how to eat right, meditate, use breathing, um, y- you know, do yoga, uh, understand exercise regimes, build their own workout programming, uh, understand sleeping and why it's important. We equip those skills and we build them into healthy habits and routines in our youth. That impact on our healthcare system is larger than anything we could ever do. So, from a very big perspective, uh, that's what why we focused on education and why we're going in that direction. And it's a very, very, very small percentage of students that make it into professional sports. Exactly. And, you know, my co-founder and I, uh, Nick Foligno, so he uh, was played for Toronto last year for a little bit in the playoffs, and now he's playing in uh, the NHL for Boston Bruins. You know, our goal was we, you know, he's obviously made it in sport and I've spent my entire life in sport and we are looking at, you know, this 99% and, and what's, what's left for them after they've had export experience. And if, if you don't even have export, sport experience, when we were sitting here looking at ourselves and how we feel and, and how our children are being raised, we both, you know, he's got three kids, I got four kids and we're sitting there looking at our children and they're being raised in this environment of, you know, exercise and uh, well-being first. Uh, and healthy and social emotional health first and like okay how do we equip every kid with this you know it kind of started from that that piece the two of us were like how do we how do we create an environment that we've created for our kids how do we do that for every kid now, is, so for someone who's a professional athlete like nick, like nick felino does he feel that his training 
only led him in one very specific path? Does he feel that he's got the training he needs to live a, mo- a mobile life, an adult life? Are you coming at it from two different areas and then you've come together in this beautiful piece of a business? Yes. Yeah, so with Nick in particular, uh, and it'd be great to get uh, him to talk about it, but he, he always says he loves the way that we've approached uh him succeeding in sport because it, it's always been about him succeeding when sport is done. Always. It's the always ensuring that his body is at the healthiest state to be able to succeed in the environment that he's in now. But when that, that environment switches to something else that he has like a healthy, you know, very well functioning body that endured the environment he was in, in a healthy way. And he, we didn't train him in a way that, you know, it destroyed him to be there. And mm-hmm. when he was done, he had to have, you know, hip replacements and knee surgeries and all this stuff. Right. So we've approached it from the day one, we've had a longevity game. Right. It, and it, it was from day one. It was, you know, you're going to do this. And when you're done doing this, this is how you're going to feel. And this is how you're going to operate for the, when you're done hockey. And, and this longevity piece is not, is, has been missing. It really has been missing. You know, if you look at the curriculum, uh, what I went through, anyways, I know what my curriculum was. I know that there were certain things that I was just awful in. We used to have these uh, testing once a year, and it was like bronze medallion, gold, silver, and you had to do chin-ups, you had to do sit-ups, and it was, um, I hated them. I hated doing the tests, and it was, to me, like, I could never rope climb. I had no upper body strength, so I, I just, I felt that, and and then, of course, it was the same testing for everybody through the piece, no matter what your athletic performance was or your athletic abilities was, and then you were given these medallions, and it's very limiting, and it can be very... Um, I mean, I was like sort of the bronze person because I could never, you know, hold myself with the chin up bar. But it doesn't set the stage for later in life. It's like a very on point where you are now. And I think what you're doing is so important because it does lay the foundation for moving in later life. And although kids don't understand it now, um, the movement and the ability to recognize what your body needs is fundamental as we grow older it is and and what's interesting about that uh your experience as you reflect back on doing an assessment is the assessment is actually like the foundation of creating the successful pathway for healthy habits for life Mm -hmm. so you have to start there because we have to start with a the the insights into what is appropriate for each student's individual learning pathway for physical activity. Mm-hmm. The downside to the way we used to do assessments was they were, you know, set up in an environment where, you know, people were kind of put as a, as a, in a performance type environment. So what, and, and they were, their performance was able to be viewed against yes. others. Yes. Right. So it was a competitive to, environment. It was a competitive environment and there wasn't a, a, a feedback to the student as to like, okay, what does all this mean? And what, what happens next? Like, why am I doing this? So the, the feeling was, and I was there, the feeling was, you know, this is dumb. I don't like it. I don't even want to do it. So, cause X, Y, Z is the best in class. So they're mm-hmm. going to be the best at everything anyways. And whereas how an assessment should be done is more like kind of like a quiz would be in math class, right? Like I kind of get this 
quiz on my desk and I do it and I hand it back to the teacher and the teacher sees my results. And the teacher has the ability to say, okay, like this is where you are. You need to do extra work or I can help you with where you're struggling. Now, all of a sudden that quiz has created a little mini assessment of mm-hmm. how I'm doing in, in math. And the assessment piece is the, the glue for long-term physical habit building, but it needs to be done in an environment where it's about the individual's experience, not about a comparison or a competition to anyone else. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break here. And then when we get back, we're going to really dive into the program and how unique it is. You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back. We're talking to Kalen McGibbon. He is co-founder of Rep Performance. Um, Kalen, the program is really awesome, really unique, and I really want to spend this whole second half uh, explaining, having you explain to everyone what it is. Um, and I'll tee you off in this regard. The Phys Ed program, as you have seen it, is not what you feel is foundational for life for children. So explain to us what your program does. The basis behind our program is it allows a phys ed teacher who, you know, imagine this environment, you have, you know, 30 kids all at completely different ends of the spectrum with respect to their maturation, their development, right? Some could be six, two, you know, fully engaged in puberty. Some could be five, one and, and, the curriculum is moving towards this uh, health and wellness curriculum. It is moving from the sports strand, the traditional sports brand away and trying to get into a wellness strand. So you have a teacher now who a lot of their education has been around sports strand and minor games and activities, not about developing personal fitness skills and yoga and meditation and these type breathing drills. So now you have a teacher that's kind of in this environment with 30 children where they have them in a, in a gym, a, an exercise space. And they have to make sure that everyone's safe and create an individualized pathway. So what our platform does is allows our system to be digitized phys ed, allow phys ed departments to see year over year uh, progress in students. Then it removes paper, which is a big initiative for school boards right now is to be paper free. So it removes paper from the phys ed department and it takes the information from an assessment and it uses AI to build a custom fitness pathway for every student that's individualized to their needs. And that's kind of like the, the beginning, the kind of the hub of what the platform does. So do the students have their own app as well? They do. So they get, they, um, they get invited into the platform from their teacher and then they have their own kind of dashboard where they can see you know, their assessments in grade nine, they can see grade 10, 11, and 12. And they build up this toolbox um, with our resources department that we have built right inside the platform where there's yoga classes and nutrition uh, worksheets and, you know, everything that has to do with building healthy skills. Is this outside of a regular phys ed program or is this meant to be the phys ed program? It's meant to be a tool that, delivers the phys ed program. And that's how teachers are using it currently. 
So <laughs> teachers are currently just, you know, grabbing this tool and digitizing the phys ed experience through our tool and then extending phys ed past the classroom now. So what does a, okay, uh, first of all, is this high school level only? Or are you putting this in elementary schools as well? In Canada, we are grades 7 to 12. In Sweden, we're grades 5 to 12. So what does a phys ed class, 50-minute period or 40-minute period, what does it look like for 30 students who are using your platform? So they would uh, typically get to class, um, all the prep work and everything's done for the teacher. The kids get there. They bring them to, let's say, if it's a grade 7 class, they might bring them to the gymnasium. Um, The kids would take part in some type of group group activity that the teacher would find in our resource bank to do like a warm up with the with the, the the group and then the kids would all kind of go into their own plan that's uh, designed for them particularly and they would go through like a standard exercise regime might take at that level maybe 25 minutes right and and each exercise that the students do there's you know uh, animations for them to follow along. So they learn about it. They understand why it's important, not just what muscles is doing, the sets, the reps, the loads, everything's projected out for them. And then they give it feedback and the feedback actually trains them. So it allows them to develop at their own speeds. So if they feel like things are easy, it'll move things along for them at a faster rate. If they feel like things are just perfect, then, you know, it'll kind of just move them along at a perfect rate. And it kind of creates that. And it also allows them to do like their own differentiated learning. So, the software will select for exercises that it knows are safe for that particular student's current capacities, but it'll also give them the opportunity to switch exercises out so they can learn and make choice-driven selections about how they want to exercise and what they want to do next and what they want to experience. So what is the role of the teacher at this point once it's set up? The teachers are partners. So really the teacher now, we, we give back the teacher the time in class to be with their students before what would happen typically is the teacher would you know spend as much of their prep time or time after work you know grabbing resources from the internet printing them all off putting them in binders give those binders to the kids the kids are expected to write things down try to decide how it feels and then the teacher has to take these 30 individual workout plans that are all printed and go through them at night after work and try to decide who should do what next and which things should move up and you name it now that and the teacher doesn't really have time in the day to answer questions with the class. They're just kind of getting things out there and trying to make sure people are flying, like, you know, getting their piece of paper and they're not spilling water on it and whatever, mm-hmm. as opposed to now the teacher is just free to actually engage with the student, you know, to look at them and see how they're moving and answer questions about movement or talk to them about how their day was before really be a coach in an environment that the students are in control of learning. So, I haven't been in uh, a phys ed program for a while. Uh, so are, are the teachers then asked to have some fundamental understanding of, uh, you mentioned yoga, what else is incorporated? Do they need to have a, a, a language that they need to understand to talk to the students, or is that not a necessary part? A lot of teachers have you know, an understanding of the language already. Um, mm-hmm. They just had, didn't have a way to individualize the experience. Teachers that don't have that, there's two sides of the product. So there's a teacher-facing side, 
right? And there's a student-facing side. So okay. there's resources on that teacher-facing side in order to help them, you know, if they're not familiar with certain things, um, to learn them to go through like an exercise data bank to learn about all the different exercises, to go through different resources that we put in the platform for teachers as opposed to the ones that teachers choose to share with the students. So there's, there's two sides to it, right? One uh-huh. side is kind of designed to support and help the teacher. Um, one side's there to, you know, support the students' learning experience. So it's, there's two sides. So as with anything that goes on a school, there's grading. And how then would, are there goals set by the teacher or by the student? And how does grading fit into this? So that's a great question. So where grading applies is it's giving the teachers the advantage of having a viewpoint as to where every individual student lies and their individual development or progress pathway. What was the challenge for phys ed before was, you know, we're all in phys ed and we would do like a basketball unit. And if someone's really great at basketball, they're going to get a really great score. Mm -hmm. It, It doesn't really mean that they learned anything. And the students that don't like basketball, it doesn't really mean they didn't try hard. Um, and they didn't develop some physical skills. You know, maybe they their agility score got better, their cardiovascular system improved. So this gives the teachers the ability to see direct insights into how every single student developed at their own rate. So we may have a student that is doing an exercise program, um, student A, and we have, you know, doing a program and, you know, their start point may be you know, let's just, if we had a graph of from high to low, their start point might be somewhere in the midpoint. And we have a student that started at the high point. And over the course of four weeks, the student at the midpoint moved all the way to the high point, right? And the student at the high point you know, didn't really move up at all. As before, you might see that student that started at the high point and ending at the high point as, you know, they get a better grade. As to now, you see a student that started at the midpoint, ended at the high point. Well, that student actually progressed more and the student that started at the high point. So now the teacher has the ability to take that insight, you know, and provide feedback with respect to grading that's actually based on the progress of the individual. So are you eliminating the sports, team sports out of the program? This is going to be put into a different domain for those who are interested in playing hockey or interested in learning basketball. That's going to be sort of an after school curriculum. Not at all. Uh, what, again, I think we need to step back here and focus on uh, attack one, another subject. And the subject would be if you have athletes in your class in grade nine phys ed, and you have non-athletes in your class in grade nine phys ed, we have to understand what like physical fitness is or, or phys ed is uh, in an environment of like developing skills for lifelong habits first. So, kids that are great athletes and enjoy sports and make excel at sports are still going to do that no matter what. And that's important. Kids that aren't, that's it. That doesn't matter. It's important that they're not. So, mm-hmm. but they're both in the same phys ed class. So what we have to understand is that the students that are great athletes, they may not actually be high quality movers. So there's the seven principal uh, pieces of movement. So it's squat, hinge, gate, lunge, rotate, push, and pull. Those are like the primary movements that make up like our physiology and basically exercise and anything that expands outside of exercise, every sport, uh, picking up a lawnmower, you know, getting out of your chair, you name it. Those are the seven principles of movement. You can be really great at sports and not really great at those principles of movement. So 
the idea here is to take these principles of movement and and make sure everyone really understands how to do them. And the difference between athletes in your phys ed class and non-athletes in your phys ed class, the athletes most likely are going to learn those seven principles of movement quicker than the non-athletes. And you're going to be able to adjust the intensity of the things they do faster. Hmm. Okay. The non-athletes, they're going to do the exact same movements as the athletes do, but they're just not going to scale at the same speed because they don't have the same activity volume as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the intensity of the drills is going to be intensity that matches what their environment is. Their environment is maybe they want to be a doctor. They want to just be a great academic and be a doctor. So you have to have movement skills that master that environment. You don't have to have movement skills that master being a professional hockey player. Mm-hmm. Why would you put yourself through that? <laughs> so you you're, you're, to, right? you're fundamentally shifting the whole idea of phys ed, which is I, profound. I think we're, I've, I do, I, that's a <laughs> that's a wonderful thing to say. And I think uh, <laughs> you're uh, trying to shift I, it. I think I'm trying to shift it, but I wouldn't say I'm alone. I would say that there's a a lot of phys ed teachers that are all over this movement, and uh, we're just trying to link up with them and say, "Hey, okay, you are a hero. You're standout, and you need to be recognized for what you're doing." And we need to give you some technology to give you help because you're trying to improve the health and wellness of Canada and your school and your community. And you don't have any way to show the student or your school board the impact you're having. What impact are you having right now? Um, What's the feedback been? Well, it's been awesome. So, uh, you know, we have teachers that are, you know, we have teachers that are single-handedly uh, taking on, you know, programming out. We have one teacher right now that by next year, one single phys ed teacher at one school will have every student in his entire high school on our platform on, on exercising. Do you bump into like, <laughs> board ideology? Are you, do you having to deal with the, the politics of all this or is it an easy infiltration to the system? Um, no, I mean, anytime you move into... Uh, you know, education, there's, there's definitely decisions aren't being made at a rapid pace. And, and I think there's good reason for that. Um, you know, we are dealing with youth and we, there's a lot of concerns with privacy and making sure we're doing the right things. And it's, you know, can, can at some schools, right? It's tax paying money and you got to make sure that that's being invested in a proper way. So I think that those processes are in place for the right reason. Um, maybe sometimes it can be frustrating because I feel like we have something that's incredibly good for Canada and I would like to go faster, but there is a lot of progressive boards across the country that are uh, like, are looking at this and they're very aware of, and they are working with us on board wide. So that, because they, they're looking at it and saying, okay, the only way to increase funding into phys ed is by enrollment. So basic uh, numbers game for education is, you know, uh, in all those elective programs is the more kids you have enrolled then the more resources you get for that school, right? Or for that particular strand, arts and uh, dramas and those types of things in phys ed. So without having any tangible feedback to saying, well, this is actually how phys ed is improving the health of our students. We can show that with the software that kids are improving by, you know, across the database, like 7.9% in cardiovascular fitness over the course of the first semester. We can actually provide that response to the principal principal then take that to you know the superintendent of the school board and say listen this is what's going on in my school we're improving the health and wellness of our kids like 
I would like some more resources next year to double down on this. And I can prove, I can show you whether it worked or not. Now, when we start getting into that conversation, now it's like, okay, now we can actually increase budgets and and really start to double down on the health of future Canadians. I can see so much good in what you're doing. Uh, And it may not even be realized, the full potential may not even be realized until the students you're touching now are into their 40s and 50s. And do you see yourself moving outside of the school space, you know, giving parents this app uh, to work with their kids? Or are you eye on the, the prize solely into the school systems? Well, uh, the beautiful part uh, about the answer I'm going to give you for that is that 33% of the students enrolled in our program actually access the program outside of school hours. So we've actually already moved phys ed past school because the students have their own login. So they can go home and, and watch, you know, yoga videos with their parents and do take yoga lessons. Or the students can go home and actually do an exercise routine that, you know, has, let's say, no equipment because they don't have any equipment at home, right? And the parents are now getting involved in that process by, you know, being able to support it, just like you and I would, right? Like our kids come home and I know our youngest son has a, has a science test, let's say, on Friday. I'm supporting that science, mm-hmm. that science curriculum, right? I'm like, hey, did you study? You know, are you ready for it? What do you need to review? I'm involved in it. And I'm not involved in phys ed in any way as a parent with my children. But now I am because now my kids come home and I'm like, hey, they have this exercise. I'm like, hey, have you been doing your exercises through the, the school platform? Yeah, I did. Well, what did you think of it? Oh, it was really cool. Want me to show it to you? Now they show it to me. Now I'm involved as a parent and I'm involved outside of school and I'm supporting that healthy habit in my child. So it's already... It's, the impact's going to be a lot quicker than a measurable of 40 years. You know, it's going to be, it's already happening. The idea now is to just move at as fast a rate as we can, um, especially in times like this, right? Mm-hmm. Like how important is health right now? It's, Absolutely. It's Absolutely. the number one thing on everyone's mind around the world. So it's been like that for the last 18 months. Well, Kale, I congratulate you because, you know, I was, uh, I did, I was fine in phys ed. I did okay in phys ed, but I do remember uh, people, boys, girls who hated it because they couldn't play basketball, because they couldn't do the team sports. So what I see and what, you know, what you've definitely um, enlightened to us, you're bringing a whole new love of athletics and movement and health to maybe a whole subset of kids who dreaded going into the change room. And you're giving a platform for every child to pick something that they like and that they can be successful at. I think it's fantastic and I commend you. And please tell us where people could find out more information about your program. The best way to contact us would be just to go to our website. So it's www.repperformanceapp.com. And that's with one P. So it's R-E-P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-N-C-E. So we will have definitely, we'll definitely have all that. Sorry, I cut you off there. We'll have all the information up for everybody. Awesome to meet you. What a wonderful idea. I wish you all the success in the world. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, Kaylin. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Kathy. It means a lot. Everybody, we'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub.
have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.